So I'm going to be reading from 1 John chapter 1, starting at verse 5, and reading through to the end of verse 10. So that's the first letter of John, chapter 1, verse 5. This is the message we have heard from Him, and proclaim to you that God is light, and in Him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with Him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light, as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus His Son cleanses us from all sin. Verse 8. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make Him a liar, and His word is not in us. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this passage, this piece of scripture that reminds us how we're supposed to walk. So please help me now, Father, as I come to preach from your word, which is God-breathed, it's profitable. Help me to be clear and understood, but help us to not just listen, but to examine our hearts and to see if we are walking according to the sacred scriptures. Are we walking in the light? Are we confessing our sins? So Father, thank you for the privilege of being able to preach your word. Thank you, Father, that we have your word to help us stay on that narrow road, to walk humbly with you, to obey you, to honour you, and to reflect your glory into the lives of people. Help us, Father, please. Give us wisdom to turn from doing our own will at times to doing your will, which is all according to your word. I pray and ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we continue in, in John's letter, the first letter of John, and um, we will yeah, look at a very important part of our, our walk with God. And the question is, you know, are we walking with God? And we all say yes. But are we walking with God according to His Word? And are we walking God through both the good and the bad times? And you probably hear this, hear me say this over and over, and we've said this in our home fellowship group at times, it's probably easier to walk with God through the good times, to be happy and to be joyful, than through the actual bad times. Especially now, the longer this virus remains and continues to um, come upon people and cause them to be sick or to die, we're going to feel the, the, the weight of this virus. Especially as Christians, we can run out of patience, we can lack self-control, and we can no longer walk faithfully and obediently with God. And we start, because we start becoming impatient, frustrated and irritated, we then end up walking as we please. And then we end up doing as we please. Because we've allowed things to distract us from walking with God and His Word. To help us understand what I mean by walking with God is just to listen to what Paul says when he writes to the church of Ephesus in 
chapter 5, verses 15 to 16. He says, look carefully then how you walk. It's very important. Look carefully, carefully. It's like when you cross the road. You look carefully. You don't just walk. You look carefully so you don't get knocked over. It's the same thing when we come to God's word. Look carefully then how you walk. Not as unwise, because the unwise person just runs across the road without looking, but as wise. That's the person that will look left, right, left, right, and then walk. Making the best use of the time because the days are evil. So that's, you know, walking with God is, are we walking as wise men and women? Are we, are we seeing that the days are evil, that we live in a fallen world, and we need God's wisdom to walk wisely rather than unwisely? It's maybe saying the, the, the same thing is walking in unbelief instead of walking believing God. Are we living and walking in a manner worthy of our calling, bearing fruit in every good work as we increase in the knowledge of God? And walking with God is to take Him and His Word at face value, to take everything He says, to obey Him in everything. To trust Him with everything. To seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things we added to you. So we can walk loosely with God or we can walk tightly, embracing, holding firm the gospel, the good news. Holding firm His word. And we are commanded to do that. If you want to look at we, we, we actually touched on Enoch. Enoch walked with God. He walked wisely with God. You're not walking perfectly. You're trying your best as you walk with God. And this is what we need to learn. We need to learn to walk with God through both pain and suffering. Not just when all is good and well. Someone said, trials and troubles in life, which are inevitable, will either make you or break you. But either way, he will not remain the same. So trials are either going to make you and grow you, or it's going to break you and cause you to be more ungodly. And it's so true. You're going to change, either for the worse or for the better. That's why if we say we know God, then we must keep his word, we must hold fast his word, and we must walk in his ways. Whoever says, I know God, but does not keep his word, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. And this is a repeat thing. It comes up often in this letter. You know, John could have given us a list of things to do and not to do and not to do. But that's not what the gospel is about. It creates legalism. It creates, we must not do this as a Christian or we must do this as a Christian. You either walk in the light or you're walking in darkness. And we're going to see this now as we come. I'm going to challenge us with two amazing facts. And these are amazing facts because it comes from an amazing God and His amazing grace. I'm going to look in verses 5 to 10 of 1 John chapter 1 and we want to examine our own hearts to see are we walking with God according to His Word. And it's good to now and then examine our hearts. And, and this is what John's trying to do in his letter. He wants to bring people back to looking at who are they having fellowship with God or with someone else? And the first amazing fact to challenge us to see if we are walking with God 
is are we walking in the light? According to verses 5 to 7 in John chapter 1. Because that's what it's all about. You're either walking in the light or you're walking in darkness. If you ask John the question, who is God? He would give us other answers like God is is, is, is um, holy and, and God is upright and blameless and God is eternal God is wisdom God is infinite He is spirit but the reason why he says yeah God is light because there are some people that he's writing to who say they know God they fellowship with God but they are not in God's light they're in darkness they're walking in darkness because there's false teaching going on and, and the false teachers are telling them that it's okay. You know this God. And you're welcome to walk as you please. God is light. And this is our message, it says in John 1 John chapter 1, verse 5. This is the message. It's our message. We have heard from Jesus and proclaimed to you that God is light. And in him is no darknesses at all. And John would have heard this message from Jesus himself. Because if you go back to the Gospels, and the same man, John, who wrote the Gospel according to John, there's a few times in John's Gospel where Jesus says, In Jesus was life, and the life was the light of men. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Jesus says, I've come into the world as light, so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. Paul proclaimed the gospel of God to turn people from darkness to light. That's why we point people to Jesus, we point people to the cross, to Christ, because he is the light of the world. Like I said earlier, there's some people that are telling the recipients of 1 John how to live and they can continue to live in darkness even though they know God and they have fellowship with God. You can continue to walk in darkness, continue to live like the world. You can continue to love the world and the things in the world and you can continue to follow the philosophies of the world and its wisdom as well. But if we say that God is light, and if we say in Him is no darkness at all, then we need to walk in the light. We can't choose how to walk. You cannot go into a dark room and say it is full of light. The room is either dark or light. Light and darkness cannot exist in the same place. And it's the same as a Christian. We are either walking in the light or in darkness. God and Satan cannot exist in our hearts at the same time. We are either walking in the light and we're following God. And yes, we will sin. We will touch on a bit of darkness. And there will be in the light, in darkness, in the light. But you cannot just walk in the darkness without walking in the light and say that you have in fellowship with God. And all you do is you find yourself walking in darkness. 
Peter in his first letter writes, But you are a chosen race, we read these verses, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, and now wants you to walk in this marvelous light, reflecting his glory, his character. I am the light of the world. Are we being the light of the world? Are we doing Matthew asks or Matthew writes in Matthew chapter 5 in the same way let your light shine before others are we shining our light before others so that they may see our good works so that they can give glory to our Father who is in heaven earlier on it says you are the light of the world a city set on a hill cannot be hidden nor do people light a lamp and then put it under a basket but on a stand, so it gives light to all in the house. I know at home fellowship group, I once or twice forgot to turn on a light behind where some folks sit. They sit in front of it. And they've asked, Mark, please sit, please can you turn the light on? We can't see our Bibles. We need light. We're either in the light or we're in darkness. And we have heard his excellencies we've heard of him so so christ can shine his light into our hearts and we become children of light children of the day we're not of the night or of darkness as paul writes to the church of thessalonica in 1 thessalonians chapter 5 verse 5. and what john is trying to say to all of us is that you cannot claim to have fellowship with god and still continue to walk in darkness because if you walk in darkness, you are lying. Meaning, we are lying about our relationship with God. And if we are not practicing the truth, that's another way of saying, if you're, not, if you're walking in darkness, then you're not practicing the truth, meaning we are doing evil. We are not living in light of the truth to avoid wickedness. God has shone his light into our hearts so that we can do things that we never did before. That is, love people and help people and serve and become more patient and more joyful and more loving and caring and kind. The fruits of the Spirit come into our hearts and they shine forth into the lives of people. We can't be hypocrites and say we love and know God with our lips and then we live as we please and so trample him and his word underfoot but if we are walking in the light according to God's word then we have fellowship with one another meaning we are rightly connected to God and with one another if we want genuine and true fellowship then we need to be connected to God and then we can be truly and genuinely connected to one another and have a fellowship with one another fellowship that leads us to to share meals help the poor comfort the comfort the oppressed support and encourage the weak Christians that are struggling in our midst This is what happens when you walk in the light. You love God and His people. You have fellowship with God and His people. 
That's why the greatest commandment is to love God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength. And if you can do that, then you are going to love your neighbor as yourself. It's not loving my neighbor and then I love God. It's we're learning from God how to love. And so we can see His beauty and we can see who God is. And if we are walking in the light and we are fellowshipping with one another, then we know that the blood of Jesus, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. We know that when Jesus died on the cross, because that's what the blood of Jesus has cleansed us from all sin is pointing to, it's referring to Jesus' death on the cross, and His death provides the purification from sins to those who walk in the life with God. And if you've repented and put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, there's that once-off purification, that once-off where Jesus' blood has cleansed you from all sin, but there's also the ongoing fellowship. As you walk with God, you sin and so you keep asking God to forgive you so that Jesus' blood can continue to cleanse you. His word washes us clean when we read it daily. His blood has washed us clean and continues. That's how we grow in our sanctification. We're transformed more and more into Christ-likeness if we are aligned God and His word and the blood of Jesus to cleanse us and to purify us and, like I said, transform us more into Christ-likeness. False teaching came into this church and false teaching is what's causing the people to walk in darkness. You're saved. It doesn't matter how you live. God loves you. God cares for you. No. God has called us to walk in a manner worthy of our calling. So this first amazing fact to challenge us to see if we are walking with God and that is walking in light. If we examine our hearts to see are we walking in the light faithfully, obediently. Our second amazing fact to challenge us to see if we are walking with God is are we confessing our sin? according to verses 8 to 10. This is such an important part of our walk with God because in one sense we are walking in repentance. If you don't sin, you can leave. You don't have to come to church. You don't have to hear the message. But we all sin. Because in these verses, John focuses on sin. And when we sin, we should be asking God to forgive us so that He can cleanse us from our unrighteousness. Which this is what verse 9 is saying. I believe it's saying two things, but we'll see that when we get to it. But how can these people say, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us? How can they say we have no sin? When we know the wage of sin is death. And Jesus came not to only conquer death on the cross, but also to shed blood for the forgiveness of sins. Maybe they're saying once they're saved, they have no more sin. Because now they've been washed by the blood of Christ and his righteousness is upon them, and now they are perfect in a glorified body. Teaching something that's only going to happen later. 
Or they've been told, well, there is no sin. But it's telling us, if we say there's no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. So in one sense, he's speaking to people that, that again, saying they're having fellowship with God. And now saying, I have no more sin. But we know that we are still full of sin. That we are still tainted with sin. Yes, on the cross there, Jesus died to, to, to take away the sin of the world. And death. And he conquered us, the flesh and Satan. But we know that scripture tells us that when we are born into this world, we are born with a sinful nature. Psalm 51 verse 5 says, Behold, I was brought forth in inequity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. And when God saves us, we know that we still continue to sin. Because Jesus once said, From within out of the heart of man come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, coveting, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within and they defile a person. And when God saves you, they're still in you. That's why we read God's Word daily and we pray. And as we read God's Word, the Scriptures can wash us clean. So we no longer, if you were committing murder, you don't commit murder. And murder can come in the physical form or you can get angry with someone in the heart and call him a fool. You know better off than a murderer. That's what you are. You're just a murderer. Or you think you've never committed sexual immorality, you've never committed adultery, but you can do that in your heart. And we go to the scriptures that God can cleanse us and wash us and help us. So we no longer do the things we did before we were saved. We do things with a changed attitude, a changed mind, a transformed body. Our hearts are desperately sick and we need cleansing, we need purification. How can we say we have no sin? And if we do say this, well, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. These are strong words. John is not being sensitive and going to, oh, don't worry, God loves you, understands your problem. Don't worry, he will forgive you. No, no, he's saying, if you say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. And guess what? The truth is not in you. You're not saved. Because Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and life. No one comes to Father but through me. And His truth is not in us. It's what His Word is telling us. We're living in a time where we do not take sin seriously anymore. This virus hasn't just appeared because we've all been good. This virus has appeared because God's judgment and wrath is upon us. Go read about one of the horsemen, I think, in Revelation chapter 6. God is angry with the unbeliever every day. And He's not pleased with the, with the believer when they do play around with sin. 
He will chastise us and He will discipline us. We need to take sin seriously. We need to look at what Romans chapter 1 says about God's wrath is upon those who suppress the truth. And we must be careful as Christians, we don't do this often. We don't make light of God's word. There's a lot of people out there that say, I don't worry, you sin, that's fine. God forgives you, He loves you. And you can do it over and over if you please. Just ask Him to forgive you. No, there's a time when you've got to work on that sin. There's a time when you've got to let God help you to deal with that sin. That's why, and I'll get there, verse 9 is there. Because that's telling us that we do sin. So how can the people say we don't sin? Or they say, if we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. So how can we say we don't sin? When we do sin. How can we say when we've wrongfully um, treated someone, we've spoken to them in a, in, a, in a way that has abused them, we've got angry with them, and say, we haven't committed any sin. All you're doing is you're making God out to be a liar. Because he tells us in his word, all have sinned according to Romans chapter 3 verse 23. All have sinned and fall short of his glory. And as Christians we will still sin. We can't put God who is light and place him on the same equal as the dark world. Make him equal to the devil and to false teachers is a great sin. God is holy. And he wants us to be holy. He's in the business of changing people, transforming them. He's taken them from living in a dark world and transferred them now to living in his light. Not perfectly, but according to his word. And if we're in his word, we give it our best. And God can see if we are trying. Or if we just honor him with our lips and our hearts are far from him. How can these people say that if they're saved, that they have no sin and they don't sin anymore, when you have the Lord's Prayer and you read Matthew chapter 6 verses 12 to 13, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. Satan will tempt us to fall into sin. God will test us to see where our hearts are. Do they fear Him? Or do they love the things of the world? And if the love of the world is in you, then the love of the Father cannot be in you. Which John writes later on in his letter, I think in chapter 3 or 4. That's why at the end of the day, we either take God's word and we believe it's the authoritative word of God, it's the absolute truth, and you know what God, you be true and every man be a liar. Because that's what we should do. God be true and every man a liar, scripture tells us. And of course, if there's a scripture verse that tells us we sin, and if there's a scripture verse that helps us to fellowship with God rightly, 
then it has to be verse 9. If we confess our sins, that's telling us we do sin. Then He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And the purpose of this verse is to show the false people and the people who are saying they don't sin, how wrong they are. Because if they are saved, and they say they know God, then why has God the Holy Spirit given us this verse if they keep on saying that they do not sin? Because it's telling us we're going to sin. And when we confess our sin, we're telling God we agree with Him that our sin is wicked. We need help. Sin is wicked and destructive. And we should find great delight in the fact that when we do confess our sin, that God is faithful and God is just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Like I said, this verse can work in two ways. There's a once-off cleansing when you come to believe and put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, that if you confess your sins, He's faithful and just to forgive your sin and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. There's some commentators that say that this is only for your once-off salvation. That once you're saved, this is what this verse is saying. That God then cleanses you from all unrighteousness. And then in some commentators will tell you, no, but there's also ongoing sin in our lives. And this verse is telling us what to do with that sin is you go to God and you keep confessing your sin, the sins. You don't have to do it over and over the same sin. If you sin now, you just confess it once. But you mean it from your heart. And then you do something about it. And it's not a cop-out to say, you know what, every time I sin, I can just ask God to forgive me. Look, He's going to forgive me. So I can still live as I please. i just got to ask Him to forgive me. Careful we don't practice our sins. Because Paul writes... I think in Galatians, those who practice such, things, such sins will not enter into the kingdom of God. And I think he says that in yeah, Galatians chapter 5. And in verse 18, 19, 20, 21, and at the end he says, I warn you, as I warned you before, but those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Those who, who do as they please, they're caught up in idolatry, sorcery, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. Sexual immorality, and these are all the works of the flesh. This is all walking in darkness. What an amazing God. What a great God we serve. Imagine if God saved us. I'm just speaking hypothetically. Okay? If God saved us and He says, Mark, you have one opportunity to sin. After that, you're dead. No one would be sitting here. It would be impossible. We sin. People see externally what we do wrong. And then God sees internally what we do wrong, where people outside cannot see. That's what Colvin says. There's the invisible church, God sees, who's the true church, and there's the visible church, which we all see. 
But we don't see what's going on in our hearts that God sees. And if there's sin in our heart, we should be confessing that sin. So Christ's blood can cleanse us. And, and we can confess this sin so that God can also cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And He will do this because He has promised He's faithful to doing it. And it cost Him His Son on the cross to cleanse us. You don't have to go to some place and, 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 and wash yourself clean with water like they did in the Old Testament. They washed their clothing. Sometimes they had to wash the whole house down and all the, 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 the furniture and the bedding if some sins were committed. And then for seven days you had to go outside. And after seven days being ostracized, then you were cleansed. We don't have any of that. Imagine how many people would be outside their houses during the day if we had these things. Or going to the church. and You don't need to go to a high priest or a father or someone and confess your sin. You just fall on your knees where you are and ask God to forgive you. And He has promised that He is faithful and just will cleanse you from all unrighteousness. I will forgive your sins. And I will cleanse you. You've just got to trust and believe me. And stop dwelling in the past and dwelling on that sin because I've forgotten it. The sins we've committed yesterday and if we've asked God to forgive us, He's not going to bring it up in our company. He's not going to throw it up in our face. He has forgiven us. And we must believe that. And I think I was reading, MacArthur was saying the same thing. If you go to someone and you've offended them and you ask them to forgive you and they say yes, then you don't go and talk to your friends about what you did and ha ah, and you laugh about it because then you haven't. You're still sinning. We forget it and we move on. We don't go and skinner and gossip about what happened and slander. That is also sin. And how often we caught up in laughing and, and finding these things funny, but our God does not. All He wants is us to live in forgiveness, move on and keep loving Him and loving our neighbor. God is righteous in forgiving us when we confess our sins because he sent His Son Jesus to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. This is love, not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. And if we're walking with God, we will walk in daily repentance, in daily forgiveness. And if you go to someone and you ask them to forgive you and they don't, that's between them and God. You've done what God has called you to do. And God will chastise us if we do not walk humbly and obediently with Him. So I challenge us here this morning. I challenge us to examine our hearts as we've looked at these, these two amazing facts from 1 John chapter 1, verses 5 to 10. And to challenge us to look deep into our hearts to see, are we walking with God according to His Word? Are we walking in the light and are we walking in forgiveness? Confessing our sin to God. Asking Him to forgive us. David lived a life of misery until he went and confessed his sin against Bathsheba. And he fought for it um, in, in Psalm 51. This is a battle. Have mercy on me, God. 
according to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. And guess what? Christ has done that all for us when we go and confess our sin. Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones that you have broken rejoice. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit away from me. Restore me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. The sacrifice of God are a broken spirit a broken and contrite heart, a God you will not despise. And that's what God wants to see to us when we come in repentance. A broken and contrite heart. That's why we need to look to the cross. Because there Jesus said, I am the light of the world. And there I died for you. For the light of the gospel to shine in your dark heart. To make it light. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. And he's given us this so we can walk in the light, that we can confess our sin and walk with God according to his word, not according to the figment of our imagination or as we please or what we hear from people like a broken telephone. Go to God's word, see what it says. And trust Him and walk with Him according to His Word. Let's pray. Father, we thank You that we have the sacred Scriptures. They help us to, to walk humbly and faithfully with You. They help us to examine our hearts to see if we are still building our, our um, Christian walk with You on Your Word, on the solid rock. Or have we steered off to building on the sand. Father, please help us to hear your word. Help us to not just hear it and delude ourselves, but to do something about our hearts that we would confess our sins so we can walk in light with you again and, and not walk in darkness and follow the ways of this world. Because if we say we love you, but we walk in darkness, we just remain calling you a liar. And we say there is no truth in us. And we deceive ourselves. So Father, please help us. Forgive us. Be merciful to us. Be gracious to us. We just thank you again for your love and your compassion. But we also thank you for your mercy and your grace. And we thank you that you also chastise us when we do sin. You discipline us to bring us back onto that narrow road. Be merciful to us, Father. Pray and ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen.